0: Today we're going to be speaking about the uh, actual salting part of Malika, Um And the, the beginning of that discussion is that between the time of hadachar Rishanah and the salting, uh, and putting it into the salt, we need to first let the water drip off. <coughs> the water needs to drip off of the meat in order, so that the, when the meat goes and has salt put onto it, the, the moisture, the time it doesn't absorb all of the power, all the Ability of the salt absorb all of the salt in which case it wouldn't be able to do its job. So we need to let it uh, drip off a little bit uh, so that it's not so soaking wet uh, when we put salt onto it. Now, that um, <coughs> a, a kind of an issue, a similar kind of issue, happens at a, in a commercial slaughterhouse where they're doing lots and lots of malikha, and that is that um, as meat is being processed again, more and more meat is being put through salt and salt is being put onto it. As we'll see exactly how soon um, as that done, um, the salt can start to absorb water. Um, there's liquid dripping off of one piece of it and another and another, and eventually um, the salt that's sitting there or the salt that's around make it to be too wet. Um, so it's the, 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 the Mashiach strah, the Mashiach who's overseeing the Malicha to make sure that the salt doesn't get too wet. But, excuse me, that that uh, term, too wet, is obviously very subjective. Um, and, you know, um, it's, it's hard to judge exactly what is or is not um, too, too wet. And it's also, it's, it's subtle because, it you know, it, it changes slowly and slowly as, it, you know, it's getting wetter and wetter. Um, so, in general, that's the Meshkiah's job to keep an eye on it. But one shripeh had a, had a really interesting or uh, creative idea of how to solve this problem and to turn it into an objective standard rather than a subjective standard. And that's because um, salt has raised a certain amount. Um, but as it gets wet, it absorbs water. Um, it gets heavier. And so what they figured out was that they could have the Meshkiah every so often Take a scoop of you know a, a predetermined cup cup of salt. Take a certain sorry the same cup all the time. Put it onto a little scale, and if it weighs more than a certain amount, then it means it's absorbed too much water. Um, and that then that means it's too <coughs> they figured out before me <laughs> that that means it's too much water in the salt. In which case, um, it's not good anymore. It's not usable anymore. Um, that was a really interesting and uh, objective way of figuring this out. Um, but when we we started probing and asking the, the people in charge of, well, what's the amount? They gave us a number, and they said it has to weigh more than, you know, 0. 0.670 pounds, um, but we said, well, how did you come up with that, and what was the decision? How did you to make that determination? Um, and, and, and no one sort of remembered anymore exactly how that had been decided originally, and then it was a little stranger is that um, when we looked into it, it turned out that this slaughterhouse actually used three different types of soil, and they didn't all weigh the same amount. When we and we took the measurements to figure out how much would be in that cup. Um, one went 0.538, one went five ninety eight, one six zero two pounds. So the salts were starting sort of twelve percent apart from each other. Well, and how could it be that they all at 0.670, 670 pounds .670 six seven zero would be too much? They didn't, didn't seem to be uh, to work anymore when you had so many different types of salt. Um, so anyhow, we decided to do our own experimentation on this. Um, and we took salt um, in pre-measured amounts, um, you know, know, in, in same amount of, in identical cups, and measured them out, uh, and put them to Robert C. Fishman and Reese, who looked, them, looked at them, and put in different amounts of water into, into the mouth, and said, is this too wet for salting, this too wet, this too wet? Uh, and eventually, uh, we have to look at a bunch of different examples, and back and forth, um, they decided um, that when the salt, absorbed about 10 to 15% more weight than uh, its original weight, and that much water was absorbed into it, that was considered too wet. You know, you know, you know obviously it's not an exact sign, so 10 to 15 was, well, they didn't say 10 to 15%, they, they looked at samples, which we calculated back were between 10 and 15%, which just to say is, um, had if you were starting with a sample that was the, the 0.538, then you can get it to about 0.592, 0.606, and as you can see these numbers, different numbers of different amounts, and it actually turns out in retrospect that um, had that slaughterhouse, that the calculation had been done with the uh, heavier salt, the 0.598 or 0.602, um, came out to 0.67, seemed right about where um, we would, would have put the the, amount, so consistent with what we were saying, but I just brought up the point, obviously, that you have to do it per plant, um, and per the type of salt they're using. Um, again, in this plant, they're using three different types, depending on, for whatever reasons. Um, so it would have to be determined. But anyhow, it's an interesting and a creative way of having uh, the mashkiach be able to check it. And, you know, the mashkiach would keep records, so his um, boss could keep an eye on him to make sure he was doing what he was supposed to. Okay, now, uh, in order to do malicha, now we know we've got past that, you know, we have our salt that's good and it's dry. And in order to do our to do milicha, there um, are so basically we'll call them four different criteria, um, and that is um, the meat has to be covered on all sides. Um, it has to be covered with coarse dry salt um, that that what we call kosher salt because um, it's used for kashering. That's why it's called kosher salt. Um, and so it has to be coarse, which is not not the fine salt that you might use in your house. It's a coarser salt. It has to be dry. We've been talking about that's that's the second criteria. Um, it has to the meat has to stay covered for uh, 60 minutes. And um, it has to be, all this has to happen in, during this whole 60 minutes has to be done in a way um, that prevents the blood from being reabsorbed into the meat. Okay, it has to, as, as we'll talk, and usually it's, it's on, a, on a slanted tray or on a tray with holes in it. We'll talk in, in a minute about how that's done. Um, and uh, the, it, it, there's a bunch of different ways that this is done um, commercially, how these four criteria are met. Okay, so our first two criteria is that it has to be covered on all sides with dry soil. Um, So the simplest thing is, um, put your meat down onto your surface and pour salt onto it. Okay, and then flip it over and do it on the other side. Okay, and um, make sure you're going to get everything, you're going to get salt wherever you need it to be. um, And um, that works. It's not terribly efficient. You know, it might work in in your house or in a little butcher shop, but it's not going to work on a big commercial operation. It's it's too... um, labor intensive to do it. So what some people do is um they they have a big basically a big container, uh like a big table uh filled with salt on it, and they dump the meat onto this onto the salt, and then flip it over onto the other side, and basically the meat coming in contact with the salt into this bed of salt will cover just about every place. And then someone's there to touch it up to catch the the um parts that weren't that weren't caught, you know, that didn't get that didn't get any salt onto them. Um, um, th- that, and it doesn't work very well. That doesn't work well when something with a cavity like a, a chicken, a whole chicken, um, that has an inside cavity, no salt's going to get into there, so the machine would have to you know, manually put it into there. Or an alternative is that there's a spout pouring down with salt, pouring salt down at the table or onto that work area, uh, and when you stick the chicken under it, um, then get gets salt right through the center of it. Another way of doing it. Um, or just passes, all the meat that passes by gets sprayed by this, you know, spray of salt coming down. Um, and one of the uh, the weaknesses that this is using all these ways, all these commercial ways of using it are having salt being used again and again. I mean, the salt that's, one piece of meat is hitting in, then another piece, and another piece, so it finally sticks onto one and gets carried away, but otherwise there's lots of liquid dripping around, and of course, as we mentioned, um, there's a concern that that will cause it to get too wet, and then the salt won't be suitable, you'll have to add more salt. Um, to the pile, because this salt will not be useful anymore as is. Now, for small pieces, on a commercial level, for very small pieces like uh, tongue or cheek or tails, skirts, uh, other things like that, small pieces, um, some people use is a tumbler. Um, They they throw all the the pieces of meat in. A tumbler is like this long um, drum laying on its side, and it rotates, and basically what you do is you you throw the meat into it, a little piece of meat into it, put a lot of salt into there, and then you tumble it around, and basically it ends up, by turning and turning and moving everything around, gets everything coated with salt, which um, is an efficient way to get salt onto um, all the different parts. Um, that's what some people do for small pieces. Okay, so now we figured out how to get everything covered with the dry salt. Now for our third and fourth criteria, which is we have to keep it covered for 60 minutes without any chance of reabsorption. Um, so this, the, the traditional way you do that is you take a board... Um, the board will have holes in it, um, and you uh, put it on that board, Or you, and the board, even better, should be on a slant, or just a slant That the holes in it, but better have both of it. Um, you put it onto there, the, all the blood that drips out of the meat um, will go through the holes onto the floor, or down down the slanted surface, and drain off to the floor again. And the point being this way, the, the, the blood will not get absorbed until another one of the pieces of meat that's there. Um, and again, you could do it in a butcher shop, or a person could do it in their house if they would cost your meat. Um, but in a larger you know, packing house, it doesn't work so well, it's not, not so terribly efficient. Um, so there's this three basic ways that this is done. Um, the, the one, one way is that it's on a belt, which is to say is once we've gotten our salt on, as we discussed beforehand, the, the meat is put onto a belt. Um, the belt has holes in it. And the belt moves from point A to point B. And it, it's timed so that it takes 60 minutes to get from, eight, from the beginning of the belt to the end of the belt. And this way, um, the, the meat just sits on there, and it's just very slowly moving from here to there. And anything that drips off drips through the holes in the belt and out the bottom. Excuse me, so it doesn't get, onto, doesn't get absorbed into another piece of meat. Um, the, the, you don't need, if, since it has the holes in it, it, does not need to be angled, this belt. Um... But for whatever reason, um, just a logistic reason, when this is done for uh, chickens, um, poultry, uh, there, the belt is angled um, for, whatever, for whatever reason. Um, and, 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 you know, in, on these belt that's for chickens, there'll be hundreds of thousands of chickens on the belt. It's, it takes 60 minutes to get from the beginning to the end. Um, and they just keep on piling on more and more of them um, until the, at the end they're, they're dropping off. Um, of course, when you do a system like this, we, we have a time belt like this um, that's supposed to go from here to there in 60 minutes. But the Mashgiyevs responsible to every once in a while actually time it. You know, put it, tie something onto one end and see if it actually takes 60 minutes to get to the other end to make sure um, that they are uh, that the belt hasn't speeded up um, in a way that makes it not effective. Now there was there was a plant where um, they had this kind of a belt system, and salt would fall off the belt just just from all the stuff piled onto it. And he wanted to capture it and save some money by reusing that salt. Um, he was not allowed to do that. And the reason is because, the din is that once, um, we, the, we do malicha for 60 minutes, the uh, chilu do for 60 minutes. But, mi'ikah um, hadin, din the brings that 18 minutes is enough to do malicha, and therefore, um, if the salt was on for 18 minutes, meaning, you know, like a third of the way through the belt, the salt that had been on there for 18 minutes is already considered to have done a full malicha, and it cannot be used for another malicha afterwards. Um, so we didn't allow him. He was not allowed to use that salt, reuse that salt, um, capture salt that was falling off the table, <coughs> off the belt. Okay. So a second way of doing this is that what I just described is for a very large operation. Like I said with chickens, hundreds or thousands of chickens, or a very large meat operation. Um, but in a in a midsize operation, they may not have such you know a device like that that could hold the meat for 60 minutes, and uh, they would do it in a container. Okay. And they they call the containers often they call them a combo. Um, and, so some of them, some of them are, like you see on the right, um, it, the, the whole container has, ho- is, is, full of holes in it, so you, you, as the meat, as the, the meat is being covered with salt, you put it into this container, it sits in the container for an hour, and, and you're done. Other ones, um, don't have holes in the container itself, but what they'll do is on the bottom, either on the, on the bottom, they lift up the bottom, there's like a, uh, the, flo- there's something above the floor, there's a new floor above the original floor, and either that new floor um, has holes in it, um, like you see one of the pictures, <coughs> or the new floor is just a slanted board. Again, the thing can drain off and fall under the new floor to the original floor, which is lower down. Um, so again, the meat doesn't sit in the in the blood that drips out. Um, now. In, in, when you do malicha for these, in, in these kind of containers, um, there isn't any automatic timing like in the belt. So what will what'll happen is once the meat is all in, um, Mashiach will write down a time and I'll say, okay, um, at, at, at 10.46 this, this batch will be ready. It'll have sat for its hour. Then um, they know they can take it out. Okay? Other people, what they'll do is uh, a little more advanced than that, is they put these containers onto the, they're on their own. They, go, they themselves go onto a belt. So they fill up the container. Um, Put it, attach it to a chain or a belt, and that itself takes an hour to get around to the place where again, where it's emptied out. Um, same kind of a thing. Okay, now, when you're using containers, um, once a container is finished, once they've done the full and uh, everything's been taken out of it, now the Mashiach needs to make sure that it's clean. And that's because you don't want to have meat in there and over leftover like, scraps of meat in there uh, because those scraps are uh, meat that already had malicha and you can't do malikah on, the new meat that will go into there will be dripping blood onto the, will be having malicha together with meat that already hadn't finished its malikha, that would make that other, those scraps trafe. Um, so therefore you're not allowed to do it, you have to make sure there are no scraps that meat into it also. And the other side is, that sometimes in cleaning between one batch and another, they hose it down, that's just part of cleaning, cleaning up, they spray water into it, so you have to make sure there's no water into there, because again, that would ruin, that would make our soil too wet, and not be suitable for malicha again also. Okay. A third way. So I mentioned so far, uh, you could do the milicha sitting for the 16 minutes on a belt or in some kind of a container. And a third way is um, one one factory that I saw, one one slaughterhouse that I saw, uh, where they have the meat um, suspended on an overhead chain. Okay, the meat is hanging, and basically the meat is attached, is hanging from this chain for the entire for the whole process, which to say is it goes through the hadachim in the water. Then it comes out of the Haduch water goes past the station where people put salt onto it, um, and then it leaves those people, and it continues on the same belt, and it just hangs in the air and travels on a slow path that takes it 60 minutes of that. So it, it goes from point to from place to place to place, and everything. Is, the belt is timed to last, you know, half an hour at the Haduch passed by the salting station, um, when people get the salt onto it, and then sixty minutes of hanging in the air. And there, of course, there's no problem of something, anything, uh, dripping or collecting because it's just hanging in midair. Um, so that works for That works well. Just interesting way of doing it. Okay, now, um, in the <coughs> first two ways that I mentioned, which is the belt or the containers, there's a seemingly as a problem, which is that the meat is all piled on top of each other. Um, so, here I'm talking about we don't want to get the, the salting and the blood from one onto the other, or well, they're all part of each other, then why isn't that its own problem? So, th- the truth is, that the Gemara says there's not a problem. The Gemara specifically says there's no problem to do malikha from one piece onto another piece. Uh, you know, one piece, having if they're both getting malikha together, that's Okay. The um, it doesn't explain why, and they're trying to have all kinds of explanations, having to do with all kinds of rules, general rules about Malicha, Abdam uh, and Mishra and Kabbalah Kachpaltai, and I did Tarah Lamifu we're not going to go into the different answers that there are. But we're going to talk about one napkin that comes out according to one of the answers, with our masas of um You should make sure that if you're kashvim if you're, uh, a piece of meat that has a cavity inside of it, his example is a and shlema, a whole side of ribs, so the ribs are at an, an angle. So if you if you lay the ribs in in one way, then there's like a place where where liquid can collect. So he says during the licha, make sure that the em- the opening the cavity faces down. So the ribs would have to be facing uh onto, to the down in a downward direction so that water can't puddle up inside of the inside of the ribs. Um, that's a, his example is a dafin shlemah, you know, a side beef, uh, the ribs, um. Another example is that, of, like, it's a chicken. The inside of a inside of a chicken, again, there's a cavity in there. So if the chicken lays on its on its side, then blood can collect in like puddle inside of the of the cavity, and that would be a problem of blood sitting together. At least on the chachil level, you're not supposed to do that. Now, when you do it at home, a person attaches a chicken at home or in a, in a small butcher shop, it's easy to take care of that because um, you know it's, a person is dealing with it just a few pieces, and of course, the, the person who's doing it is a shop shabbos. He's paying watching out for it. But when I say when you go to slaughterhouses, um, by and large, no one's paying attention. By and large, the meat the the meat is just being dumped into the combo, thrown onto the belt, or this and that, and there's there's often no no one paying any attention um, to to which which way this is being done. Um, Not really social why, maybe because. In commercial uh, malicha, you never see any blood coming out. In practice, there isn't. You see I mean, a, a, the tiniest amount of liquid coming out of these. And maybe they don't really... They so, what's the problem of it puddling when there isn't any liquid in the first place? Maybe, of course, you know, that's not what the says, and we, we're assuming or pretending or hoping that this blood can come out. Um, so this, this is um, a little, you know, need some more thought about why this is, but um, in lots of places, again, no, no one's paying any attention, and, and they're just dumping the meat in, in any which way that it happens to fall, or the chicken's piling up hundreds of them without paying much attention to whether the cavity is, the opening is facing down or not. Okay, now, another example of uh, where uh, this could be a problem uh, of the <laughs> liquid collecting, uh, is in livers. So one is something we're not going to talk about today, which is when you, the uh, liver, before it's captured, if it's inside of a bag and liquid collects into there, there's a problem of that liquid being sitting together with the livers themselves, which one hours. We're going to talk about livers. We're going to talk about that. Um, the second is that um, the minute is that we put salt onto liver before we boil it. Um, it's not required really didn't It's a minute to do that. Um, and so there also, if you leave the salt on the liver for too long, as I said, 18 minutes is already a time that, that's considered a time for malicha. If you leave it on for too long, then blood will start coming out, and now the liver is sitting there in that blood. So the Ramadan says, because of that, the minute is, you should put the salt on just right when it's a, on, on the spit already. It's about to be put on to the fire. And you quickly... Uh, uh, broil it before to, before blood comes out. And that's an example of this kind of thing also. Now, there's, a, there's another angle to to this um, question. A little bit different angle. Another thing, like this. Uh, are, the, the thing is that you're supposed to have salt on all sides of the meat, which is to say is uh, a big piece of meat. You don't have to get salt on the inside of the meat, but on all the sides, on the outer surfaces of the meat, there has to be salt on it. And there are mal- pascals. Um, that if you didn't do it, if you had meat only if you had salt only on one side, then the end of the meat is treif. You're not allowed to eat use that meat. you to, to, to use that. you eat that meat based on the salting uh, if it has salt just on one side. Okay, so that means to say is if let's say for example two pieces of meat are touching each other, and there's there's two pieces of next to each other, and you pour salt over all of them, so the spot where they touch each other has no salt on it. Because so basically, uh, if you have these two pieces of touching, they're sold on all the outer surfaces. But the place where they touch, no salt gets into that spot. So that would be an example. where, According to the Rama, the meat would be no good, even to the other because there was a, there were places where the salt didn't get. There was only salt on the on the outer surfaces, but not on this sort of this surface, which is an, also an outer surface, but it's being covered by another piece of meat. Now, because of that Chashash, Prima Godam says. And he had his own minig that before he would cacher a uh, chicken or just other birds, he would cut it open. He crack break it open. Instead of cashing the chicken whole, he would he would um, split the chicken before and the reason is because if you said if you don't split it, how are you going to make sure there's salt on the inside? It's easy to get salt on the outside, but how are you going to get salt onto the inside surfaces of the of the chicken, the cavity inside? How are you going to get salt onto the inside? So therefore you have to open it up to make sure you get salt on the inside. And second is, is that there are internal organs inside the chicken, and if you don't open it up, you won't be able to get those out well, and therefore that will be another example of a of a place where salt didn't touch. If if let's say for example if the heart would be laying on top of the on top of the n- inside the chicken, then the salt would be on the outside of the heart. But the, the place where the heart touches the the meat would not be getting any salt onto it. And if that so, that piece of meat is not getting salted properly. Now, uh, most there are shritas who follow that, who do that and who actually we split up they won't coach your chickens unless they're split open. Um, but most don't most of them are not mocked on that and they will catch the chickens even if they're not split open. But they s- deal with this issue that these issues that the premium ring brings it brings by doing two things. Um, first is they make sure they put plenty of salt on the inside cavity, like I described before in some use like they have like a chute that comes down that just pours through. It's like it's just pouring out of it. it's come down they can stick the whole cavity underneath it to make sure they get plenty of salt on the inside. Um, or other ways, just, you know, stick their hand in to make sure they get soap on covering well on in the inside. And, and the second is that they use a vacuum to get out the internal organs. Now, they don't use it for all the organs. What happens is, <coughs> after the shrika, um, at, at a certain point in the processing, the USDA needs to check the chicken to make sure that it's suitable, it's safe <coughs> to be consumed. So what they do is, the most of the internal organs, that's the the, the the, the, the kishkas, um, you know, the intestines, the heart, lung, liver, crop. That's a zephic, and the gizzard, the curcumin, um, come out all together, in one big clump. Those all get pulled out of the out of the um, carcass, the, the body of the chicken, in order for the USDA to check them. So the USDA checks them, and actually we check them for trephids also. That's a separate thing we've talked about. Okay, so that that whole group of items is is, is pulled out. Some of them we use for are eating cockerel and and and. Uh, is, is actually saved as for eating, and the liver comes out. Um, that also is saved for eating. Uh, but but all those pieces tend to come out together. What's what left behind um, is potentially is kidneys um, and uh, sometimes the lungs also. Um, so what happens is the the before the chicken before the chicken goes for for malinkia, there's someone who vacuums who literally took a special obviously a special kind of vacuum cleaner inside the chicken to make sure they get out everything that was left inside. M- again, most of the stuff gets out by itself, gets ripped out by itself, because the USDA needs to look it over, F- S- FSIS needs to look it over. For, they need to inspect it for their own reasons, and then the bike can need to check it to make sure it's not a trade. for Those are some of those things, but <coughs> they would, um, but the rest gets vacuumed out. So that's how they try to deal with the pre gardens concern. Um, some actually have a to do that, or just have one of the plate employees do that. But if, if a person <coughs> buys a piece of chicken, and sees either the lung or kidneys, that's what would be potentially left behind, (coughs) the the lung (coughs) would be in a little cavity, (coughs) as you see here in the picture, uh, the top, um, what we call the top of the chicken, Um, (coughs) and the uh, kidneys would potentially be in the same kind of a cavity, it's in the bottom, in the thigh, Um, the the kidneys would be brownish red, and the lungs (coughs) would be pinkish red. So if they're there, (coughs) if they got left behind, (coughs) which happens... The the vacuum didn't get them out, and they missed one. Then in that case, we have an example where the malicha was not done properly to that piece of meat, so the liver or the lung would be discarded. They have their own ways that they have to be cashered. They were surely not cashered. And in the place where they were touching on a piece of chicken, um, that part should also be cut off and discarded uh, because it was not cashered properly. Um, The rest of the chicken is okay, but that spot, which is covered by the lungs or the kidneys, again, they're, they're like sort of in these little cavities, (coughs) <coughs> where they might get stuck in the vacuum didn't catch them, those need to be um, discarded because that's a spot where there was salt on the other side, the other part of the chicken, all around the rest of the chicken there was salt, but on that spot of the chicken didn't have salt on this side, and therefore it needs to be discarded. The last thing, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to mention is um, we're talking all about Malika, that had a kasha meat with salt, uh, the salt gets all the blood out, uh, but there are some people who are on a extremely low sodium diet and Essentially, they can't eat salt. Meat that had malicha, meat that has malicha absorbs a certain amount of that salt, and that is not suitable for these people on, from a medical perspective. Um, so some of them actually just can't eat meat. That's what they do. Um, but I'm just going to mention four different ideas that, that are suggested of how they potentially could eat meat anyhow, in spite of even though they're not supposed to have sodium or too much sodium, salt. Um, I'm just going to mention them briefly, um, and obviously, no one should try any of these without speaking to their doctor for the health of it, and to a rough who could decide if it's appropriate and also how to do it. Because I'm just going to talk about it. Just mention it briefly. Okay. The first is um, that salting is not the only way to cash your meat. Um, you can cash your meat by broiling it also. So if a person, oh, I should have said this. Any of these methods I'm going to mention assumes that the person can get meat that that is going to get meat that was not koshered yet and that had any nikah done to it. You don't need nikah for uh, chickens, uh, but for meat, for meat you do need to have nikah to remove fats um, and blood vessels, as we've spoken about in the past. Um, so you don't th- you'd have to have meat that's never koshered, which is not so easy to come by, of course, because most people wouldn't sell you meat that's not kosher, It's not kosher. But if you're able to get that, all of these presuppose you can get meat that was not koshered and that had nicotine done if it needed to be. Okay, so the first is that if you don't do, if you don't salt the meat, you can get the blood out through broiling it through its slayer. Um It's something that we do always from liver, uh, and that's what we'll talk about, some of the details of how that's done. But that's a potential way of, of, of having a piece of meat. Take the piece of meat, instead of salting it, you can broil it uh, as a way of getting the blood out. Again, there's lots of details to how that's done, um, but that's perfectly suitable if you know how to do it. Okay. Um, the second is one that the Gemara says. The Gemara says something called chalita, which is to dump, put the meat into boiling water. I mean, the water is boiling before you put the meat into it. Um, it's called chalita, um, and the Gemara said that it works. It gets, it, it makes it that no more blood will come out later. Whatever can come out comes out, and nothing else will come out later on. And then the blood is motz. So the blood never is pirish, as we've spoken about. It's okay. Uh, but the Mechavah brings that the Go'onim said that we're not considered to be B'kiim anymore on how to do chalita, uh, and therefore you're not allowed to do it. Um, so that sort of, that sounds like it sinks that ship. Um, and you shouldn't be able to uh, use chalita. Um, there are, however, there are persons who on certain rare occasions have said that you're allowed to do that. I'll, I'll mention that in one of them in, in Shev Levy, when he talks about it, a specific person who he told him he's allowed to do it, he said to the person, Bebechir uh, es in b'myutai, Choosing the least worst option, Yaseh Chalita Hanal, You should do Chalita the way I described you. He has his own specific way he wants him to do Chalita. Uh, the Einu Chas Hashatz And in your situation, it's the most so I have to allow you to be Meikel. But no one else should be saying Um It's a very, very case specific heter that he gave to, for the person to do. But it's, it is a potential option again under a unique direction of if you're allowed to do it and how you would do it. Now, third is. um, over the different, over the years, over the generations, people have come, have suggested other things. They said, let's do malichol with other things. One of the most famous is, people said, let's do malichol with sugar. Um, then there was a, people said, how about ammonium chloride or calcium chloride? Um, those are uh, other uh, materials, they're, they're uh, chemically they're referred to as salt. Salt is a reaction between an acid and a base. Um, there's, they have a certain properties like table salt, which is uh, sodium chloride, um, but they don't have sodium, and they probably don't have exactly the same properties as salt either. And then other chemicals were suggested of ways to get the blood out. Uh, and by and large, Price given rejected these ideas. They said, listen, Hazal taught us we can get the, the blood out through broiling or through salting, and we can't try other kinds of things. Again, there were McKellen in, in specific situations or certain uh, Price who said like that. But by and large, these ideas to do malicha with some other substance rather than plain old sodium chloride table salt um, by and large, they will reject it. Okay, and the last is, uh, a person can work, sometimes can work within the rules of Malika to get meat that's sued for this person, um, even though, um, even though the, m- and somehow the meat will will, will be kasher anyhow. but Well, one idea was, for some people, maybe if it only sits in the soil for the bare minimum, the 18 minutes that it needs to, maybe that's good enough. Maybe that'll make it not so, it won't absorb so much salt and it would be suited medically for this kind of a person. Um, so, or a person can, in fact, do malicha for less than 60 minutes. Um, whether that's going to work medically, uh, that obviously, needs a doctor's input of here, because the same amount of salt is going to be done. It's the same kind of salting process just for a little, sh- for, for a short amount of time. Uh, and so, you'd have to know if that's okay. And, and a variation of that was, or a combination of that was, uh, it was suggested, habit about if a person takes a whole uh, huge piece of meat, um, like a whole forearm, okay, and and do the malicha on that together. You're allowed to meat could be as big as you want it to be when you do the malicha to it. Uh, just put salt on the outsides, and then after the malicha is done, or maybe the malicha is done for just 18 minutes. After the malicha is done, then trim off an outer layer of the so- of the meat. And could could it be that the the salt only penetrates from from the medical side, only penetrates you know let's say an inch deep, and then some and then the meat that's deeper in doesn't get any so much sodium into it, That might be okay health-wise. Um, so, of course, that needs a doctor to approve it. It needs a butcher to tell you how to do it and if that can be done. Uh, but if possible, then, then the malicha would, have, would work within the rules. The malicha was done perfectly fine. Had been, the malicha is perfectly fine. And um, it's just then he's trimming out outer parts so he can get to the part that's better for him medically.